I was an engineer and in 2008 lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I've helped many achieve similar success. Now I share my tips to create interview-winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high-performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. Hey there, and welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. We're rolling into episode 114, titled, In-Person Interviews Are Back. I don't know if you just cringed, but yeah, we've been working from home a lot, a lot of work from alternate locations, and now it's time to get back face-to-face, especially with interviews. Between the effects of COVID, pushing us all to social distance, performing AWL, alternate work locations, or WFH work from home, and the fact that interviews can increase anxiety and nervousness, we need to recalibrate so we can rock out our next in-person interview. I'll be your host, Craig Ansel, for today's show. The topics I plan to cover will be questions about interviews, your confidence level, emotional intelligence, communication skills, But first, let me ask you, when does the interview start? It's a bit of a trick question, but I'm wondering what you're thinking right now. You can pop onto social media at Craig Ansel for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and you can comment when we post this episode and say, I think the interview starts here, or I used to think it started here, but now I know it starts here. Love to get your feedback. Maybe you have some real-world examples you can share as well. I know it's good to get it off your chest, get it out there, and also it may help others. So please please consider that. So when does the interview start? I'll tell you some of the answers from my mentoring and coaching students. One of them was, when the door closes. I like that. Pretty cool. Kind of like the pressure's on, right? Another one? When they ask their first question to you. Okay. All right. Now they're backing out a little bit. When you enter the building. Oh, not too bad. Here's another one. When you arrive. Hmm. I like them all. Here's one, though, that I heard for the first time. And I actually like it better than what I've been coaching before and using. They said... When you wake up, think about that. When does the interview start? And one of my coaching or mentorship students said, when you wake up. At first, I thought that was a head scratcher. And I don't know if you just heard that, by the way, but when you prepare for an interview, especially in person, make sure you silence your smart devices. Not too happy that my cell phone just went off. Since this is episode 114, you would think Craig would know a little better. But again, no one's perfect. Don't forget to silence your smart devices and try not to be distracted by them if you have them on vibrate because the interviewing staff can see that and then think you're not putting your full self forward on that. You're not giving them your full attention. 
So let me turn down my smartphone. Very good. That should take care of it. And my apologies. Now, back to this. When you wake up. It's a mental preparation concept. A mindset concept. Like Dr. Stephen Covey once said, begin with the end in mind. He actually has that in one of his books, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this is his second habit. Begin with the end in mind. So, thinking about your interview for that upcoming day. It's when you wake up. It's putting your best step, your best foot forward from the minute you wake all the way up to and through the interview. So what do you think about that? To give you a contrasting viewpoint, I'll tell you a story. It's a quick real-life story that I read online some time back, and I found it extremely interesting. A particular gentleman was going for his interview. I think it was in sales and marketing, and it was at a larger corporation. He dressed well, prepared well, got up to the floor that he was at, elevator doors popped open, he enters the waiting room, goes up to the receptionist, and the story is told, hey, tell him Johnny's here. I'm not sure that's the first name, but we'll go with it for today's story. Hey, tell him Johnny's here. Okay, Johnny, what time is your appointment? You know, tell him I'm here. Okay, that sounded a little bit rude, but so um, your last name, Johnny, just tell him Johnny, they know they're waiting for me. So the receptionist logs down that Johnny is here for his interview. A few minutes go by. He comes back up to check, reminds her that he's still waiting, apparently impatiently. And she says, I've got you down, Johnny. We'll see you shortly. Well, a few minutes goes by further. The receptionist leaves the room. And then the office door opens and he's welcomed in. He's called in. Johnny proudly gets up. He walks into the office room for his apparent interview. He looks up at the desk to who he'll to whom he'll be speaking to, and it was the same lady that was the receptionist, his potential hiring manager. She likes to observe people in the waiting room to see how they act both inside the interview environment and outside in normal working conditions or amongst others, potential customers or strangers. As he started to put his head down and approach the interview chair to sit, he looked at her and he said, there's no need for me to sit down, is there? And she said, no, there isn't. And with that, Johnny left. Now, I don't recall the corporation that this happened at, but I'm very happy that I can share something like this with you. It really gives us food for thought. Number one, How do we act on a normal basis, whether there's people around or not? Are we our true, genuine selves all the time? And when there is a waiting room situation, potentially busy, hectic, high pressure, cause for concern or anxiety, how do you react in those situations? Try to be your true, authentic self all the time. In this particular example, it would have shined And it would have provided a lot of insight into Johnny's true character. But instead, it didn't work out well for him. So ultimately, I really love one of my students' answers when they said, when you wake up. Alternately, you can look at it as when you arrive. And this meaning that this is the first time that your potential hiring company can observe you. 
when they can start to recognize and monitor your behaviors. Literally, as you drive by, you might be driving a specialty car, a particular paint job, a particular style that catches their eye. They notice what you're wearing, your attire, and then you come up into the interview room, and there could be a connection there. How well did you park? Did you observe the speed limit when driving? Did you come in hurried and rushed? Did you cross at a proper intersection and crosswalk? Or did you run through traffic kind of like the Frogger video game where you're jumping from log to log and place to place trying to make it across the busy traffic? Just food for thought. Next time you park and next time you approach your interview scene. One of the other things I talked about was questions, interview questions. I just completed episode 113, how to answer common interview questions. And by the way, there's a bonus tip towards the end you don't want to miss. It tells you how to really rock out and close the interview on a strong note. It will prepare you better for that interview and also potentially protect you from making a mistake with a future job. Back to answering common interview questions. It's really great to prepare for them. Practice your responses. After you listen to episode 113, look at your body language. You can use a mirror or video record your responses and then play it back and pick up on your facial expressions, your posture, your body language. The point behind this is, based on the words coming out of your mouth, with the intensity, the tone, the energy, do those words, do the description of those words, do they align with your body language, your facial expressions, your posture? I think it's said that 80% of communication is nonverbal. That leaves the other approximate 20% being verbal. Now, that's not only about your communication skills, but it's about all the different types of communication skills. There's your confidence, your emotional intelligence. And then within communication skills, something I promised I would speak on today, are your listening skills, your body language, your spoken words. Now, regarding spoken words, check this out. It's not only what you choose to say, but it's also what you choose not to say. If you're familiar with sports, particularly golf, there's a term out there called mulligan. And I would say it's a term used to allow someone to take take an extra shot without penalizing them, without it being counted. Why do I bring this up with regards to career growth made easy, specifically talking about interviews and face-to-face interviews at that? If you don't like the response you are giving or just gave to an interview question or when you're explaining something about yourself or a prior work situation, stop yourself. You're allowed to make mistakes. The great part is you're in control of what you're saying. Even if anxiety or stress or potentially fear have gripped you because you're in front of a group interview team, or if they've asked you a question that kind of caught you off guard and maybe you didn't prepare for, you're allowed to stop yourself. Correct yourself as quickly as you can. The other way to do it would be to finish answering the question, realizing you're unhappy with or potentially disappointed with how you answered, and later on, once you've composed a better answer, Ask if you could revisit that question or come back to your statement and improve on it or clarify on it. So with regards to communication, 
We talked about your facial expressions earlier, your body language, including your posture, how upright you stand, how upright you hold your shoulders, even if seated, and your confidence. Do you make eye contact? Do you address people and focus on them when they speak? If there's more than one person interviewing you in the room, it's important to adjust your your eye gaze, your eye focus on them as they speak. If there's a multi-part conversation going on, it's natural not to stare off into a corner of the room, but try to meet each person's eyes at least once during that small conversation. Now, one other thing I mentioned was emotional intelligence. We'll touch on it briefly, but I'll also put some links in the show notes to interview questions, again, that was 113, to emotional intelligence, where you can expand on it and learn more, which is episode 40. But then also I talk about listening skills, and I'll give you a couple tips on that, as well as a link to a past show to help you out. But with regards to emotional intelligence, I would say it's defined as how you perceive, use, and understand, as well as manage human emotions. Not only are we talking about your human emotions, but also reading and understanding others and then responding to them. Three people could all say the same thing to you, but they could all say it with different levels of energy, tone, speech rate, different body posture, different levels of attention, or apparent interest in that same topic or statement. From there, then, you would decide how to respond to each one of those people independently. Your response might end up being the same content, but it would really be about your delivery. How do you deliver that content back to each person since they're all individual and provided that information to you in different communication styles? What I mentioned earlier about things and words you choose to say and choose not to say. Very often, we can get tripped up when we're questioned during an interview. After all, that's a normal part of the process. There may be some questions you prepare for and prepare well for. There may be some others that you simply aren't ready for, but you need to think on your feet and come up with quick answers. First, I would say it's okay to tell them, I need a moment to compose an answer, or allow me a moment to think about that before responding. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. The other team understands that you're interviewing and that you want to provide your best answer. Here's, however, a helpful hint with regards to listening skills and responding. Once you digest someone's question during this interview process, you don't need to immediately respond. Many times we listen with the intent to respond rather than listening with the intent to understand. To truly understand a speaker's viewpoint, you need to hear their words, the words they've chosen to use during their question or statement. You need to digest them and then process a response. That's where one of my cool tools comes in, and I'll put a link to episode 51 in the show notes. I call it powerfully placed pauses or my 3P rule. This is where you do what I just talked about. Listen closely when someone's speaking. Pick up a key, word, phrase, or a couple of them if you can retain that much, and choose how you're going to respond to those topics. When someone hears you repeat back part of their message, part of their question, it shows that you're engaged and listening. 
and it will really set you miles apart from the competition that just respond immediately when there's a pause in the conversation or there's a, a moment of silence. So remember, if you get to the point where you're responding too quickly, you're nervous, anxious, excited, whatever the case may be, you certainly can take a pause and ask for a moment to compose yourself. That shows a level of self-understanding, a level of control, and a level of confidence that many others will lack. When does the interview start? It's up to you. I like the answer when you wake up in the morning. The other option is when you arrive at the building. Everyone, everything, all that you do could be an encounter with a potential customer of that facility, employee of that facility, or the hiring people that are going to interview you that day. Be prepared to answer questions. Your confidence is important, which is about body language, presentation skills, looking people in the eye. Then there's the emotional intelligence we talked about. Not only understanding your human emotions, but trying your best to process those and understand those of the interviewing staff. Followed by communication skills, which includes listening, facial expressions, again, body language, spoken words, what you choose to say and what you choose not to say. If you have a struggle with something you've said and you're disappointed with yourself, you have that kind of gut twinge that says, man, I could have done better. You can certainly ask for or enact a mulligan. Asking for something means that you're looking for permission. If you, if you don't mind, I'd like to try and respond to that differently. You're looking for them to acknowledge you and allow you the opportunity to rephrase or restate your recent message to them. The other option is to take a more assertive approach and simply state, I am rephrasing what I just said, or I'd like to reclarify what I just said in the following way. See the difference in one way you're asking and in one way you're politely telling. In other words, you caught yourself, you're not asking for permission, and you're just going to go ahead and take control of the situation since you were responding to one of their questions or you were providing information. And that's another way to do it. It depends on how confident you feel. And finally, we'll close with written content. Everything you write up to the point of the interview and even afterwards should have a consistent story. Your written content should follow similar to what we discussed today with word choice, what you choose to write and what you choose to avoid writing. Be careful with what you volunteer and consider the words, consider the message, the story. Are the things you're sharing necessary? Are they valuable during the interview and in any written content, especially a follow-up letter? Do they need to be shared or could they be omitted? I hope today's episode with in-person interviews are back got you thinking about your next in-person interview, and maybe some of these tips will help you improve and rock your next interview. I'll have show notes with links to all the other episodes. I'd love to hear from you if you've gone through any of these in-person interview challenges and how you came out on the other side. If there's some things that happened to you or that you don't understand and you'd like clarification on, that's what I'm here for. Feel free to reach out on social media at Craig Ansell, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or you can email me directly, craig at craigansell.com. 
We always have our Resume Masterclass and Cover Letter Masterclass at the ready. They're digital courses you take online and go through at your own pace to help you both with your resume and preparing or revising your cover letters. I'm also available for one-on-one coaching. Just reserve your spot online. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. Looking forward to talking to you next week. God bless. I've been your host, Craig Ansell of the Career Growth Made Easy podcast.